Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. Are you sure? Uh, oh, let me check my notes real quick. <laughs> yes, it says Daryl. Check, check what's sewn into the name on your underwear. I, I, I don't do that. That's actually a pretty good idea. Does that say Cal? It says Calvin though, so you'd be confused. Well, which is yeah, Daryl or Calvin? Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hi! <laughs> Welcome to episode six. Oh, six. God, that's yeah. Well, I wonder if we'll make it to episode six hundred. I don't know, but welcome to episode three sixty two. Um, we're talking about Warrior Nun again, but we have a bunch of other news. Um, we finished watching Warrior Nun. Uh, give a quick spoiler. What did did you did you yes or no? Did you enjoy season two of Warrior Nun? Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, awesome. So we are uh, we're going to do our Wakanda for Never box office watch. Uh, we've got Bob Iger news um, as Disney has rehired the uh, CEO. Re- yeah, re indeed. <laughs> uh, Quentin Tarantino had a hot take on the um, MCU non movie stars. And for some reason, cannibalism is suddenly trendy on movies and TV. Um, and I, when Darren and I were talking about this earlier, I reminded him that CNN actually like ran a thing about like why aren't we doing cannibalism and stuff like this. Plus, they had a reporter who actually ate brains on the air. I mean, it is CNN. Right. So that tells you everything you need to know. Right. So after all of that, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we'll talk about Warrior Nun. But anyway, you doing well? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yes. Very nice Thanksgiving. Got a chance to, uh, went to Jess's parents yeah. and then talked to my parents and oh. How are they brother doing? on. Oh, they're doing pretty well. They're yeah. they're they're adjusting. We we uh do the Google Meet call or whatever, mm. it, you know, the video chat. Yeah, like one, at least once a week. Cool. Sometimes twice. So. Well, I mean, this is the first time they've ever been in a d- different city from their baby boy. Yeah, yeah. The only other time that I was I was out of town. I think it was in 2010. I went to New York for Thanksgiving, yeah. but. Well. I think that's the year. I'm not 100% sure. Interesting. So. Interesting. All right. Well, let's uh, let's just hop right into it because we were talking about this a little bit before we got started. Um, so the Wakanda for Never box office slump. I mean, watch. Um, <laughs> so everyone's making a big deal about this. I was telling you like Newsweek or somebody put out an article yesterday about like Black Panda Wakanda for Never is looking at a a 55 to 60 million dollar five day weekend. Yeah. It's at the start of its it's at a, the the start of its third week. Or end of its second week, I guess technically. Really. And they're so, saying So is this No, wait, this is the and there's end of the Yeah, this is the end of the second week. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say is it officially time where we can pull out the uh Wakanda forever, not impressed by your performance. Yes, um, 100%. So, 
Anyway, so I was telling you, so right now it's at 561 worldwide. Um, it's 257 international, 303 domestic, which the first Black Panther did that. And we're going to do some comparisons here real quick. So, but before we get to the comparisons, looking at like the week over week now, so the comparing the Fridays, it was a 70, almost 79% drop which is way worse than what they were saying because they were saying it was a 67% drop. Um, yeah. So, and then uh, Saturday was a almost 50% drop off of that. And then, or I'm sorry, of the week before. Um, and then um, Sunday was a 51% drop week over week. The only day that's been positive was Wednesday over Wednesday where it was uh, – Eight point uh, eight eight point one million versus ten million. Even um, I'm beginning to wonder if they're going to give this the Captain Marvel treatment, where they just start buying out empty theaters. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Anyway, so at this point, it's at three hundred and three million dollars, which you know on paper is really good, right? This movie is at five sixty one. It's still two hundred million dollars away from making money. Um, just keep that in mind. But on day 13 of Black Panther, domestically, and we're only talking domestically, it was at 428 million in change. Like almost, it was actually almost 429 million versus just over 303. Yeah. So anytime we're, 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 we're talking, they are a hundred and 25 million behind black panther which if um we didn't actually talk about this we texted about this the average movie price of black panther was nine dollars the average movie price right now is 13 black panther in the first weekend was seen by 22.4 million and black panther wakanda forever was only seen by 13.4 million people that is a huge difference and a huge gap. Right. So, and I mean, this, this is bad. Fact, like, this, the movie's not going to make money. Yeah, the fact that this is a sequel to one of the biggest box office hits that you've, that's, that's out there. You know, it, I don't care what, what we think of the movie. It doesn't matter. Right. It's one of the most beloved movies, not mm -hmm. just in the MCU, but just overall. And your sequel of this movie is doing the things that it's doing now at the box office is, is shameful. And again, it's one of those things where, again, I haven't seen the movie, so I'll tell you that I've seen a bunch of different reviews and, and mostly it's, it's subpar at very best yeah. with some good things thrown in. Yeah. I could have told you that this was going, I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you it was going to flop like this. Like if, if I knew some of the stuff that I knew, like as far as them not replacing Black Panther, I knew that we knew that. Right. And I, I, I thought from the start that was going to drop the box office 100%. Right. And I, again, this will kind of go into when we talk about the whole actor versus character discussion later on. But with Chadwick, one, Chadwick not being in there, but right. even more so, two, not having the Black Panther character and having a movie called Black Panther. I don't care who you have 
become the Black Panther in the movie. Right. It's not the Black Panther that the people fell in love with, starting with Civil War yep. and then into the Black Panther movie. You are correct, sir. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it, it, this isn't good. I mean, the previews weren't good, right? Um, and, you know. No, uh, well, the first preview, the first preview honestly felt to me, I know people, you know, some people had tears, but it absolutely was one of those things is they're trying to bait you mm-hmm. with nostalgia and the feel for Chadwick Boseman yeah. and the honor of sending him off. Right. That's the first thing I thought when I saw that trailer. And I was like, how dare you, man? And, the, you know, they or, could have sent Chadwick Boseman off and still had Black Panther be a character. Yes. Um, yes. But story is not important to these people. And, and, and you know, apparently money's not important to them either. Uh, but yeah, so, so it's really interesting. So we'll, we'll check back next week and see how it did over the Thanksgiving weekend. Maybe, maybe it did a little more, maybe not. Um, but speaking of Black Panther, let's move into our next story. Bob Iger is back, um, already. So Bob Chapek was fired. Bob is back. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Bob (laughs) replaces Bob. Bob is back. Bob is back. Bob is back. So. Or Iger's back, whatever one you want to go with. Yeah, um, yeah. So Iger replaced Chapik um, again, and so this is interesting. So um, there, there's a whole bunch of rumors flying around. But here's the thing, and I told you this earlier: Chapek needs to, or Chapek Iger needs to pull a Zaslov, um, David Zaslov mm-hmm. from from HBO Max, and needs to get rid of all of the movies that are coming out, or at least not get rid of them, but completely retool them. Because they phase four lost money. Yes, kind of like solo. Well, okay, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> no, but, are Raylo's weird? Yeah, they are. They're pretty weird. Yeah, they are really. Uh, actually, they're not weird. They're vile because they they told Adam yes. Driver's wife that they, she hoped she had a miscarriage. So those people are horrible and, and vile and should also spend time boiling a volcano. To be honest. Um, yeah. So anyway, but Iger's back. Um, there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of different schools of thought. Like, why is he back? So he signed a, a, a multi-year deal to return while they look for new leadership. Um, Chapek had just signed a new deal in June. So, uh, this is interesting, but one of the things they're saying is, um, there, Iger's upset about the cost. Disney actually, as a whole, is upset with um, the the rising cost to go to the parks, and they're upset about losing one and one and a half billion dollars in streaming. And now, you know that they're they're two uh, um, huge, huge franchises that they bought are, are starting to hit diminishing returns now. That being said, like they paid four million, four billion dollars for for Marvel, and you know it's made something like twenty nine billion, twenty eight billion dollars, which is amazing. Good for them, right? Over twenty five, twenty six movies. Um, but you know it's at the point now where like there's fatigue set in. Um, they keep hiring unqualified people to write and direct these things. Um, and as we, we saw with Black Panther, they, they, they went a completely different direction from who and what the characters are, not, not just Black Panther, not just Shuri, but uh, Namor 
and uh, all of that nonsense. And I get why they changed Namor because they don't actually have the full rights to the character. But still, you know, work with Universal like you did Sony. Also, Namor actor. Yes, it's body shaming. Get in the gym. Make sure you look like a superhero if you're going to have your shirt off 70% of the time. But anyway. Yeah, you should look like a swimmer when your main method of transportation is swimming. Swimming? (laughs) Yeah. So Um, I I will say this uh, about the whole JPEG thing. Well, well, the JPEG Iger thing. Uh, Because one of the things we ask is like, what's going to change? I don't think much is going to change. No. In the sense of... Iger was woke too. The the direction... the Yes, absolutely he is. And the direction of the MCU... That's not going to change. Now, I don't know if some of the park stuff is going to change because, like you said, he's concerned with the rising prices. And you know, my girlfriend, she goes to the parks all the time, and she talks about some of the stuff like the what the Fast Pass was. It was originally like, and again, these might not be accurate, but say ten or twelve bucks. Now it's thirty bucks. Well, for they were originally free or, or what to do you. a fast pass. You just had to yeah. sign oh, up yeah. first come, first serve. And now you have to buy right. them. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yes. It's 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 it is. So stuff that is, might be things that he's gonna focus on and change for the better. But as far as the content, the entertainment content that we get from Disney, from Star Wars or from Disney, from Marvel, from Star Wars, nothing's gonna change because like you said, he he was one of the architects behind yes this kind of push a few years ago. So there's nothing he's going to do to change it. And unless he, he really truly sees that, look, our box office is suffering and this is why. And instead of, and I had this discussion at dinner yesterday, I was telling Jess's family how vile Disney is because of, you know, it's one thing to make a, a product it's another thing to make a product get it complained about mm-hmm. and then demonize the people that are complaining about it right right that's the problem that, right. that we're seeing and i don't think he's going to change this unless and honestly unless he gets his head out of his ass and sees oh this is why people don't like this it's not necessarily fatigue it's the fact that we're making shit product now mm-hmm. and that's what this star wars stuff is that's what this marvel <laughs> stuff is they're yeah. shit products because these people don't care and they're getting rookies and I'm all for people getting a chance to show what they can do, but they're getting rookies for these billion dollar franchises right. that don't know how to truly write a story and write character arcs. We right. saw it in, in, on the MCU TV shows and right. we're seeing it in the movies now. Well, I mean, it all started with Captain Marvel. Yes, I mean, those people who directed the, the man and woman who directed had no business directing. A, a, yeah. Um, MCU film at the time and they did the whole bait and switch where like they're oh well you have to see it to know what's going to happen in Endgame and then uh-huh. <clears throat> it happened 30 years ago you know it was like oh god what yeah. is you know and when it's- everybody's favorite character was the cat I mean I think they thought the same thing was going to happen with Lightyear they're like let's just put a cute cat in and people will go see it uh- <laughs> well I mean that's people's favorite character in Lightyear was well, the that's cat. Well, that's what I'm saying. As well. But it, but, yeah, but Les, you're absolutely but, right. But Lightyear lost money. Um, <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, think, I think what's interesting here is there's another rumor that he's come on board to sell Disney to Apple. I saw that when I didn't. I don't believe I this. I saw the headline. I, I, I think this is a rumor. I think this is wishful thinking for a lot of people. But Disney going to Apple is does not bode well for for Disney at all. I mean, 
Apple doesn't want ESPN. Apple doesn't want Hulu. Mm-hmm. Like, great. Uh, Apple, I don't think Apple can own ABC. Maybe they can. I, I, I'm not sure. So I, it's yeah. it's like when, because when, I mean, there's just like FCC rules of, around that stuff. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. when it when it comes down to it, um, you know, <laughs> it seems like a kind of a ridiculous, you know, notion that that Apple's going to come in and do this. But it seems like no matter what, right? Um, he he's in a position to be the savior, the savior of Disney. So, but I thought Your we were over. Here. I thought we were over the the white male savior character. That's yeah. I mean, they, I, they've got again. rid of that of all their movies, and now here they are in real life. They're like, well, we got to bring the white guy back to save the company. <laughs> so, um, anyway. I'm, I'm mildly curious to see yeah. if he can, you, you know, if he can like write the Hindenburg before. I mean, that's yeah, so hyperbole, but because they're still making a lot of money, but. The the fact is that the, the main well I don't say the main I don't again I don't know about the parks and as far as the what they're making in the parks although I know you know with everything with the pandemic one of the things Chapek wanted to do was just fire everybody and and he and Iger helped convince you know the board that wasn't the way to go yeah. instead they did a fur they did that furlough of yep. a lot of people which I thought that I think that is a good thing where yeah you know, not just firing most of your your staff but just saying hey you know this is tough times we have to do this that, that and the other to make sure that we stay afloat yeah what do you think about that so but but as I mean, far as yeah, you're right. you know, my disney entertainment which is star wars and marvel i don't see anything really changing so i have everyone reaching out to me did you did you love andor i haven't watched it what do you mean you haven't watched it yeah. i don't have disney plus why didn't you pirate it? Because I have integrity. You know? I mean, come on. Like, well, well, I'm boycotting something. That means I sacrifice to miss it. Not I just go around other means yeah. and still support it. And it's funny because they put the first two episodes up on Hulu. Yeah. They're and, so and ABC, desperate for people said. to watch this show. And, yeah. you know, honestly, if it were as good as everybody was saying, it would be popular on Disney Plus because there's 500 million users. Well, I this is where I sort of it, in part, I agree with that. But in part, there's going to be people like you and there's going to be people that aren't necessarily even. Um, what do you mean? People like me? You know, yeah. <laughs> There, there might be people that aren't boycotting necessarily, you know, like you, but that are just done with Star Wars, and they, they hear all the good stuff, you know, because a bunch of people say that it's good, and you know, it had issues. I, I, I've said this a dozen times. It's from what I've seen, it's not a bad show. Sure, it's boring. It was boring, which again, a lot of times that happens at the beginning of a show. I just have had had other stuff that was more interesting than that yeah. to take my attention and. I, I mean, I could have, you know, what I did with some of the other shows first thing in the morning when it came out uh, before I went to work, you know, at seven o'clock in the morning or six thirty or something. I would yeah. watch these 30 minute shows. Oh, yeah. We I would just watch this stuff like it before show. the day started. Right. We'd get up early and watch yeah. Mando and then talk about it yeah, for, I, for I, the whole day. Yeah, I did not 
I just didn't have it in me to watch this show. And again, this is from someone who saw the first four episodes and did not think it was bad. It wasn't a She-Hulk that was just objectively awful. And and I will say that to be objectively She-Hulk is awful. Yeah. Objectively a bad show. Andor was not like that. It's right. still it's along the lines of I've been so beaten down with right. the disappointments of Star Wars that I, I just didn't have the energy. And again, I, I say one day I'll go back to it, probably. Yeah. You know, maybe soon. Who I mean, knows? Kenobi but was like a just... proper Ryan Johnson of Star Wars canon. Who? Ruin Johnson. Oh, okay. There we go. So it was. I mean, it was. It was a. It was a straight up in the coolie hole. Ruin Johnsoning <laughs> of Star Wars canon. Absolutely, it was. With it was it arguably was the most beloved character, not named R two D two, in all of Star Wars. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah. But that being said, let's let's uh let's transition because we're actually we're talking a lot of like. Disney shit today. Um, mm-hmm. So transitioning into the MCU, um, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Okay, so I want to preface this. A couple of years, like two years ago, a year ago, Bob Scorsese or uh, Martin Scorsese came out and said, uh, "Bob, we've got Bob on the brain." Um, <laughs> I know. came out and said, "Like you know, superhero movies aren't real movies." Something along those lines, right? Just completely bashing the MCU. Um, Tarantino came out with a different take. He's like, I don't want to direct one. I enjoy them for what they are. You know, they're they're this, they're that. He was on the Two Bears, One Cave podcast. Um, but he says what we've lost or what the MCU is attributed to is the loss of the movie star in the marvelization of Hollywood. Uh, and basically what this means is, and, and this is his quote, Part of the marvelization of Hollywood is you have all these actors who become famous playing these characters, but they're really not movie stars. Captain America is a star, or Thor is the star. I mean, I'm not the first person to say this. I think it's been said a zillion times, but it's like, you know, it's these franchise characters that become the star. And this is so true, because when you look at, and I'm going to just talk about the original Avengers first. When you look at what they did in between their movies you know, the sequels to their movies and the Avengers movies, Chris Evans movies were bombs. They might've been good. We, we actually enjoyed several of them. Right. Um, but they mm-hmm. bombed at the box office. Robert Downey Jr. Bombed outside of Sherlock outside of the MCU, the judge, which I thought was actually a very good movie. Bomb lost money. Dr. Doolittle bomb lost money. Um, Dave, uh, I was going to say Dave Chappelle. Um, but no, um, Rody. Don Cheadle, right? Don Cheadle. Nobody's paying to go see Don Cheadle in anything. Um, you know, unless he's a side character named Rody Rhodes. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, she's the only one who is a box office draw out of that first group. Hemsworth did a bunch of little like comedy stuff that did okay, but like not like breaking the bank or anything like that. Um, so, you know, it turned into that. And like you look at Chris Evans, you're like, oh, there's Captain America. Like, no matter where he is now, right? Even when you go back and you watch the old Fantastic Four movie, and it's like, oh, hey, look, it's Captain America cosplaying as Johnny Storm. Yeah. So this is the thing where I, I, I can agree with some of that, but this is not an MCU problem. 
this is a problem that we've seen over the years with certain characters become certain actors becoming their characters and trying to outrun that right. and never being able to. You can look at Chris Christopher Reeves. You can look at I mean I'm st- sticking with superhero genre. Tom Welling. Mm-hmm. Hell, you can look at like Daniel Radcliffe. That doesn't mean that they didn't have success afterwards. It's just that they're always looked at that, and then yeah. you top on top of what what's going on. What I really agree with with Tarantino in this is when he's saying that that's all Hollywood wants to make now is these type of movies, and when you do that, it it becomes where nothing else is a must see movie. Right. Like, like out of these movies, like out of those movies you mentioned in the last 20 years, none of those movies, even without these Avengers things, mm-hmm. without them in the Avengers, none of these movies would have been hits. Right. Like Dr. Doolittle was just, yes, I know the Eddie Murphy one, you know, had some success back in the nineties, but like the one with, uh, RDJ was terrible. Wait, like from what I, like what how, I, little how I did saw a movie it. led by a black man have success in the nineties that they, they didn't make movies with <laughs> black people until just this past year. Yeah, funny how that works, isn't it? When you actually look at the history of stuff. Um, okay, so Anthony Mackie <laughs> agrees because a couple years ago, Anthony Mackie had this quote to say: "There are no movie stars anymore." Like Anthony Mackie mm-hmm. isn't a movie star. The Falcon is a movie star, and that's weird. Mm-hmm. It used to be Tom Cruise yeah. and Will Smith and Stallone and Schwarzenegger. You went to the movies. You went to see the Stallone movie. Now you go to see the X Men. So the evolution of the superhero has meant the death of the movie star. It's just a different time now. Hollywood makes movies for a specific audience as opposed to making good movies. That's why people stop going to the movies because most of the movies suck. And when he said they stop, um, they stop making movies or they make movies, sorry, for specific audiences, what he means is China. Yes. Yes. And you, I think oh, I will say Go this. Ahead. I will say this, the fact that China hadn't, hasn't let in the last couple MCU movies, I really hope that's a wake-up call, and, and they, they have the actual balls to make movies for the, for the people, not just for a certain sect of you know, the audience. Let's, let's, let's tailor this so you know, China likes it, and China will let it in so China. we can make all the money, make the good movies. I will say this, yeah. and we've talked about this before. There's, I will say there's one movie star out there right now, Tom Cruise. and we, we know who it is. It's Tom yes. Cruise. It's it. One hundred percent. So now, like, um, yeah, like Avatar: Farts in the Water got is going to release in China, which actually is going to help that because it is. It's only, um, it's only trending to open to like hundred and fifty million. Yeah, but it's also did you, like did you a see what 40, uh, 47 hour long movie? Yeah, you see what Cameron said about it. He's like, it's going to have to be one of the top four, five it, grossing movies in history to break even. To break, or whatever it's going to have to make two billion dollars. I think two point one billion to break even, according to James Cameron. Um, and yet they're going to give this dude a sequel for a movie that's probably going to lose four hundred million dollars. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it is. So, so, uh, so the other thing I want to talk about is our favorite um, pedophile. Um, aficionado supporter um oh shang chi um you know started running his mouth about (sighs) quentin tarantino and it's like dude shut the fuck up you are the dumbest person on earth dumbest person on earth quit talking nobody cares who you are your movie made money nobody knows who you are well that too 
Um, you made money. Your movie made barely any money. And you are, again, acting like this is the first movie that ever had an Asian person star in it. You're not even the first Asian like main character in the MCU. I, I I mean it's it's funny how people forget Bruce Lee and some of the stuff Bruce Lee did back in the Shang Chi is based on Bruce Lee. Yeah, I, I, it's just and again this we we were joking a few minutes about yeah. ago about it, but again like Black Panther, Black Panther is the first superhero. Blade would like to, Blade has entered the chat. <laughs> Halle Berry has entered the chat. Yeah, like it, it's. It's so maddening where you hear that, and yeah. again, I'm I'm one of those that I actually had fun with with Shang Chi. Surprisingly, I thought I thought I was going to dislike it, but I I will admit yeah, I had fun your, with it. I don't think it's a good fan movie. of cock rings, so you know, and in the so. fact that it's called <laughs> Shang Chi and the the ten cock rings, you know, it's um oh my god. It's, anyway, you know, <laughs> it but this is the problem with this knucklehead. <laughs> Every time uh, that uh, I see him. Every time he opens his mouth, he makes me like it less. Like yeah. that, this is a real thing, and this is what these idiots don't understand. That if it doesn't matter that you have different differing views, there are many people that have many actors I know have differing views than us that we love their films. You know why? Because they don't spout it off in our faces, and you know, and take their, you know, take the microphones and talk about how the you know white man bad this, white man bad that. You mm-hmm. know what they they're like and. Like people like uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins is like, dude, nobody cares what we think. So we're yeah. just going to act. We should just be acting. Nobody cares what we think. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot. Most of the, these newer people need to uh, really listen to that message. Yeah. We don't care what you think. Just so, make good movies and yeah. we'll applaud you there. So um, here, this this person, this this Simu Liu, who who says, um minor attracted persons as a term and, and looks at it as a, uh, as a pro, as a preference, right? Um, this is what he, this is his actual quote. <laughs> I was going to do it in Asian accent. <laughs> uh, if That's only, not. I know <laughs> if the only gatekeepers to movie stardom come from Tarantino and Scorsese, I would never have had an opportunity to lead a $400 million plus movie. I am at all of their filmmaking genius. They are transcendent auteurs, but but they don't get the uh, get to point their nose at me or anyone. No movie studio is or ever will be perfect, but I'm proud to work with one that has made a sustained effort to improve diversity on screen by creating heroes that empower and inspire people of all communities everywhere. I love the quote "Golden Age" too, but it was white as hell, and you are racist, sir. There's that word again. Racist. Um, here's the thing. What 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 did what did Tarantino excel at when he hit the scene? Talking about for movies? Yeah, coming out of movies. What did he excel at doing for for the actors in his movies? Well, damn it. Well, he, well, one of the things I love about Tarantino movies is you know the dialogue. He right, right, right. Like he great at dialogue. Uh, he also, and I'm I'm just actually yeah. brought up, just wanted to see some of his, you know, roles: Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, True Romance, Natural Born Killers. Uh, one of my personal well, favorites he, from he Dust Till Dawn. Natural, he he wrote Natural Born Killers and wrote from Dust. Yeah, Till he wrote Natural Natural Born so, Killers. Yeah. Um. So well, so he made movie stars. 
excuse me. Um, George Clooney. Ving Rhames uh, is a household Ving name Rames. because of Pulp Fiction. He brought John Travolta from out of the depths of movie purgatory, movie star purgatory. I forgot about that. Yeah. And brought him back to give us solid films like Broken Arrow and Face Off and a bunch of other cool shit that John Travolta did. Plus, we got the whole cool John Travolta meme as, um, you know, oh, God, I can't remember the character name now because it's not important. Um, Lucy Liu became a movie star in, um, quite frankly, Quentin Tarantino's homage to Asian, Asian cinema uh, with Kill Bill. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson was just a character actor until he played Jules. Yep. So this I, dude can sit here and talk about Marvel and its diversity and lack of story. Tarantino made Pam Greer a household name after she was gone for 15 years from the business. Susimu Liu can go himself in the ass and ride off. I think we're done with this. I mean, we that got, was, that's a very good place to end it. We got the Jew bear. Out of Eli Roth. In Inglorious Bastards. The guy who directed yeah. Hostel got made into someone who they considered an actor, even though that's nothing ever he wanted to do. But mm-hmm. here we had Eli Roth hitting Nazis in the head with a baseball bat. Because <laughs> Brad Pitt wanted his yeah. scalps. Anyway. Yeah, no, it, it's fine. Simu, you'll never hear this, but if by chance you do, fuck off. Uh, all right, so talking about just uncomfortable things like Simu Liu's search history, um, why is cannibalism making a comeback, Daryl? Don't call it a comeback. It's been here for years. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I found as I was doing like the show notes, I, I found this article and I just thought we we should we should touch on this a little bit because we're we're going a little long already. But why cannibalism is suddenly trendy on screen from the Hollywood Reporter, and it says here a cannibal ex or cannibalism expert explains Hollywood's savory surge of people eating projects. Um. So the cannibal expert cannibalism expert do you think this dude has eaten people uh i i don't know i mean it sounds like he's very intimate with the subject so i'll okay. just leave it at yeah. that okay so uh it, it seems like there's a lot of this coming up in in a couple a couple years ago cnn or last year cnn wrote an article about why we shouldn't like look down on cannibalism um you know, I mean, these are the same people who are trying to tell us to eat bugs, right? <laughs> so, um, and they actually had a news anchor like five or eight years ago eat some human brain on air live, and dude was never the same. I want to say his name was Raza Ali or something like that. Um, not to be, conf- you know, Raza Aslan, that was his name. Um, but anyway, so I-, I just love this. It says, it feels like people eating people has 
um, has been a bit of everywhere lately. You're not wrong. There's the cannibal romance Bones and All with Timothy Chalamet that's in theaters right now. Um, the darkly comic thriller The Menu with flirts with flirts with the subject matter appearing food and death. Um, Dahmer, obviously. Um, the monster Jeffrey Dahmer story, which came out on Netflix this year. Hulu's Yellow Jackets, the indie uh, movie Raw. Um, you know, and then there's a, a book that came out from a guy from Long Island University, uh, Cannibalism, A Perfectly Natural History, and uh, Dark Banquet, Blood, and the Curious Lives of Blood-Feeding Creatures. You know, I don't want to get too deep into this because, like, I haven't watched any of this stuff because, I'll be honest, cannibalism creeps me the fuck out. Um, mm-hmm. because I, you know, when I eat someone, I don't, I don't know. I might, you know, I mean, if someone's going to try and eat me, they're going to have to like, like legit, like sneak up on me. Cause I'm going to fight to the death. I might die, but like but my body will be so damaged. It's not that, deal. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> he's a hungry boy anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so th- I will say this. Go go to the show notes and read this because, like, even this whole thing with Arm, Army Hammer about like the cannibalism yeah. allegations with him, and there's the whole like thing on Discovery Plus about him um, being a cannibal. Uh, obviously, the Donner Party that you know people that we learned about in school as as kids. The the book and same movie Alive about the whatever the rugby or soccer team that crashed in the Andy Andes mountains and, yeah. like, you know, went to town eating each other. Uh, I mean, I get it. It's like, here's the thing though. In Lord of the flies, they never once thought about eating each other. No kids, I guess just don't do that. It's just, this is strictly an adult thing. Um, <laughs> Evidently yellow jackets, they did, which is, uh, it oh. seems like yellow jackets is a sort of take on, Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies, yeah. Yeah. So. But. Um, yeah. It, it's just, I, I don't know. know. Um, I will say this. If you're going to dabble in cannibalism, like, talk to your doctor before you do it first. Because there's a lot of, like, blood-borne brain diseases that you can get that alter your, not only your 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 personality, but um, just, like, your your synapses and things like that and it's just mm-hmm. not good like you should you should consider that but it's definitely worth a read um i'm definitely creeped out by it and it's like is this going to be the next like big thing that comes out of co- hollywood instead of cults it's going to be uh it's going to be like cannibal clubs yeah and again what we were talking about earlier about the mcu and making and not not being able to make certain movies because that's all that there is out there. Right. One of the things this guy said that what it said in the article is that uh, w- w- cannibalism still has this type of, uh, of it's a taboo thing, and you add that tabooness to to the gore. He's like that's an that's an instant hook, mm-hmm. and you're finding you're trying to find the best way to hook people with you know something taboo and gory. And I just honestly think well if you just make a better story i don't know again i'm not sure about any of these movies they could be good i don't know right. I, don't, I don't care to see them because you know cannibalism is right unless it's something like a supernatural horror like monster type thing 
I, I'm not really down with you it. You want to watch Doesn't monsters eat other good. monsters? Yeah. Okay. And again, it it's <laughs> it it doesn't mean that it's not good. I'm just saying along the lines of it's 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 what can we do to gross audiences out that and, yeah. and, I, and again right. i thought that with the saw movies mm -hmm. after the first couple saw movies the first it got saw to movie the, is a masterpiece you know, we talked about the first saw is yes, a hitchcockian level masterpiece is, yes the the, yes. the second saw is still good the third saw saw is where it started to venture into torture porn and then it just fell off the rails yes um here's my question right. for you so timothy chalamet is the new um you know, kind of it kid, young adult, whatever mm -hmm. he is. Um, and he's in a cannibal romance, bones and all. How many of these dumb little TikTok leftist little girls are going to be like, well, just let me eat your finger? Let's put it on TikTok. I mean, oh, is China going to ban that? No, China's going to be like, yeah, keep, come on, Americans, start eating each other. What are you waiting for? Yeah, I <laughs> forget your little dances. It's time to eat each other. <laughs> <laughs> that was their plan all along, <laughs> right? I think so. I wonder if I wonder if bones and all is banned in China. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So definitely, like, just go to the show notes and, and read it, and and then like, if you if you have like young daughters and uh, you know. Um, don't let them meet their boyfriends. Yeah, I, I just, but again, this is a ho this is Hollywood. Hollywood does things in waves like this. We've seen it before. And in in, if something catches on or if they think something can catch on, it's not one or two studios that does it. It's five, six, seven, and eight studios that do right. it. And yep. this is just another one of those yeah. things. That's It's how just, we got Armageddon kind of, and Deep Impact. <laughs> yes it's so, like was that nine months apart or something like even no, i don't think even, it was that. even that far apart yeah so they were both summer movies all right moving on warrior nun season two episodes three through eight just like we did with one and two we're gonna get out of the way so out of 10 stolen erotic pastry fans <laughs> what do you well do? i guess i'll do this for yeah. the uh for my i'm gonna do the my 10 out of for the full season okay that's fine and i and I will say this, like this season for me was a 7.25 out of 10 after. Yeah. I, I had some tr issues with the first two episodes. Uh, I, I mean, I still had issues, but I still didn't get all the answers I wanted either, which I think that's a good thing, especially if this leads to a season three, right. hopefully fingers crossed. I mean, we, we heard uh, pretty hope, quickly we... about season two, two years ago. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. So hopefully we hear something soon that we, we get another third season because they can't leave us like that. But some of the issues that I had in the first two episodes got cleaned up a little bit that it's still to me, it felt totally different and not in a bad way necessarily. Totally different from season one. It never I never had that comfort of learning of, of just relaxing, mm -hmm. I guess, mm -hmm. because it because of the situation at hand. So I get that. But yeah, 7.25 out of 10. What about you? Uh, I went eight and a half out of 10. Oh, wow. I uh, I really, so I don't know if I told you, but like Jen came down while I was watching and like, I was like, 
so spoilers, but we're obviously going to spoil this. Um, when Miguel mm -hmm. came on, I'm like, that's uh, the science lady's kid. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, awesome. Um, whose name, by the way, the actor's name who played Michael slash Miguel, his name is Jack Malarkey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just putting that out there. He hasn't been in, he looks so familiar, but he hasn't been in anything. Yeah, I, 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 oh, so what else, what else about did, um, did you want to I, talk about? I loved the arc for Lilith, loved it, especially after mm -hmm. the, the talk with her mom where she's like, you're never going to be the warrior nun. And then it's like, nah, she's even more powerful, yo. Um, <laughs> um, I, I really liked, um, Azazel, wait, what was his name? How do you say it? Uh, Adriel. Sorry, Adriel. Adriel. A yeah, I, I really liked uh, Euro Trash Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I thought for a second we were getting Shotgun Mary back when the um, the backup oh. nuns came in, and that that lady's guns oh, you, were fucking. Did you see her gun? Holy shit! Right. Um, and Good then grief. when Beatrice and um, Yasmin were um in the hallway mm -hmm. and you know because you got to have a netflix show with a hallway fight and hallway fighting yeah she uh she took like th so this is this is the cool thing about this she took those those priests or sycophants or cultists to task and just like went full like badass on them and then the the one-eyed priest who we'll, we'll talk about because that was a nitpick um, looked at Yasmin and goes, I'm glad I don't have to fight her. And then it's like, mm, yeah, you're going to die too. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it was really good. And I loved, I, well, one, I, my, my favorite part of the first season was Ava. Um, and I loved Ava. I like, um, Alba ba ba Baptista or however you say it. Mm -hmm. Um, she was great. Like she, she does, she does conflicted so well. Um, the other thing yeah. is, I sat there watching this. It's like you know, they probably should have recast Ellen Page with Alba Baptista for Vanya, because they look similar, um, oh. especially when she cut her hair. Yeah, uh, there at the end, and it's yes. like you know, you could have just kept Vanya as Vanya, and and you already have this this wonderful actress in your in your stable. Um, because now you have a straight white man playing a woman for, for a while. And then you, mm -hmm. you had to, you know, not have a female character. So a straight white man could play her. Um, I, uh, I'm not even kidding about that, by the way, that, that pisses me off so no, much. No, I think actually, um, but I think she would have been really good at that. Uh, I, like I told you, I told you at the end of the first season, I want more, I want to see her in everything. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, I liked her, her story with Miguel. I like science lady and let's be honest, mother superior on this time around was a much better character. And I think, um, oh, and Camilla. Oh my God. One, she's hot. I love Camilla. She's so hot. I love Camilla. Like, I don't know how old she is. So like, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, but like, she's very attractive and her little thing she's with 30. Todd was great. Um, She's like, dude, I'm yeah. a nun. Yeah. 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 She's 30. Oh, sweet. All right. Yeah, dude. She's yeah, fucking I think hot. That, like, yeah. 
yeah, the actress, uh, what is her name that plays Beatrice? Because yeah. I was looking up some of this stuff, and she, this was like only her, she's only had like four acting credits. Mo most the of these Beatrice. people have very few credits. As far as, I, and actors right. don't have to have a ton of credits. That's the beauty of acting. I want the writers yeah. to have a ton of credits. I want the showrunner yeah. to have a ton of credits. Um, you know, to have worked their way up. Christina Tonteri Young. Yeah, Sister Beatrice. Yeah. One of the things I liked about this season is, and we didn't get it till the last episode, is, you know, you thought Adriel was just all about his. Mm -hmm. And then he mentions something. He has that one line where he was like, you all don't understand what's out there. Yeah. Like, you know, people like these other beings think you're primitive and they will crush you. Right. And I'm here. And basically, you know, your savior has arrived. Basically, I'm, I'm right. here to get this power to protect this realm. Like again, not that he doesn't. He ha of course he wants the power from uh, what's her name, Rhea, not yeah, Rhea Ripley, Rhea. but he wants power Rhea. from Rhea. Rhea. But but the fact that he made that was that was a that added a more even more depth to the character and the stakes of what was going on. It wasn't just about Adriel, and that actually made me even more more curious to say what is out there, who's out right. there that you know that just wants to smash us in the paste. Right. Right. Um, so I thought that was a nice little addition and it, it actually made me look at him just a little bit differently mm -hmm. because it's like, okay, this, okay. Yeah. Obviously this guy is a megalomaniac, but he also sees some stuff that we don't see. Yeah. And so that, that just added something a little bit more to the story for me. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And then, um, what they did to, to Pope, uh, Francisco, um, one growing up Catholic, um, you know, it, it, like I get a lot of like the the lore of this show, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it was it was really it was a really interesting thing because as he was trying to, you know, as he was set up to try and and, and show the the farce that was uh, Adriel, um, he looked so small in those final moments. And, mm -hmm. and I thought that was really interesting. And then the use of crosses throughout the entire show, um, which, you know, I mean, obviously there's a ton of crosses, but like when uh, mother superior went through and got everybody out of the building. And obviously we're not going to talk about like individual episodes. We're just talking about what we thought um, mm -hmm. when, when she went through and, and, you know, got them out of that conference room. I don't know if you noticed the, the, when they showed the scene behind her, all of those priests were dead. Oh yeah. All, they were, yeah, they were in um, crossed. Yeah. When, when, you know, Francisco, Pope Francisco de was struck by, you know, uh, a directed energy bolt that was minted look like lightning. Um, you know, he fell in, in a cross. Um, yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was very, it was, it was just very interesting. The, the use of, of crosses, um, and I think just the other the other thing I really liked was uh, seeing Mother Superior as the warrior nun, and how arrogant she was, and but how badass she was at the same time. And getting that little glimpse of Shannon again was great. Um, yeah, I, I for a second was wondering if like Rhea was Shannon, you know. Um, because mm -hmm. it kind of looked like her a little bit, but we we didn't because we didn't see a ton of her. Um, but yeah, I, it's just, I don't know. I really, I just really enjoyed it. Like 
you know, I guess like, what did you enjoy most about it? Then we'll get to our nitpicks. Well, I, I really enjoy the, the relationships between the characters, between Ava, Beatrice, Camilla. Yasmin sort of grew on me a little bit. Uh, I love, like you said, the, the whole Lilith story. And again, Lilith was one of those in season one that, you know, she was trying to kill Ava, which again was the protagonist, but it wasn't because she didn't, you know, she was evil. It was because she didn't believe she deserved what she got. And it was going to be a detriment more so not just that she didn't deserve, but she was going to be a detriment to what the halo stood for and what the halo uh, nor warrior nun was fighting for. Mm -hmm. So to see her, her continual transformation and kind of like, you know, throw off the, like the chains that were wrapped around her by her mother and, you know, her original mindset was fascinating. Right. And, again she, she even grew more at, at the end of the story even after she mm-hmm. you know she did a kano to our boy miguel uh, <laughs> that was pretty yeah. gnarly yeah but it was it's mostly the relationships i really really enjoyed and just and the and the lore too and when i say the lore i mean what what is this other side we we never really get the full definition of it we we also get that little tease that like Adriel says, there's more stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Horatio. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And uh, you know, I, I love lore building. I love, I also like when I don't get all the answers, even though yeah. I, I clamor for the answers, I like not getting all the answers. So I like how this left us mm-hmm. and we still don't have all the answers. And yeah. that's, and that's why I'm really, really hoping for a season three, because yeah. I want more of those answers about this other side, which based on how it ends with Ava, we're going to get a lot of the other side. If we get a season three, I hope so. Yeah. Um, I do think too, though, if there's not a season three, it did not end necessarily on a cliffhanger. It gave us a pretty, Mm -hmm. you know, a a pretty satisfying ending. If the, if this is the end, I wouldn't, I I would disagree with satisfying. I would say it's a, how about, how about acceptable? It gave us an acceptable ending. Yes. Yes. That's, uh, that's a good term. I was trying to find the word, but acceptable it's not like the, like you said, it's not like the cliffhanger we got from season one in the sense of they're in the middle of the action and you have to find out. This was actually one of those where you could see how it ends mm-hmm. and and some people will be satisfied. I wouldn't be satisfied with it, but I also wouldn't be like raging maniac. because yeah. I would just be up, more upset that we're not getting more of this cast and these characters mm-hmm. than anything. So, yeah. Um, you know, it would be great if we could get uh, Tanya Turner back as Shotgun Mary at some point. Yeah. Where, so, like, maybe yeah, she so wasn't really killed she, off. So, yeah. So she evidently had to leave because of personal issues. Oh. Uh, right when they started filming, like, yeah. for a couple of days in. Don't know what it is. Doesn't matter. Like, I wish her luck. Yeah. And well, she's on that I was, show. Again, um, never saw the body. She's on that show, New Amsterdam, yeah, on she, NBC right now. So, yeah. Which. I've never, yeah. I've never watched that. Yeah, but uh, I mean, but not. I think not having her like hurts the show a little bit. But I also I, think, I, um, I, you know, because like I don't know because Mary, like Tanya Turner, that first season was a force of nature on screen. Like she mm-hmm. did a great like when I say chewing up like scenes. Like she did a great job just like leading these other women girls through these scenes mm-hmm. as like a powerhouse. 
and you know, it, it's like, like I just kind of, I, I miss, I, I found myself really missing her. Yeah, I, I don't think so. that there's any doubt. There's no, I will say this for me. There's no doubt in my mind that ha- not having her did affect the quality of the show and the story they were telling yeah. because she was such a vital role. She had, right. she was such a vital piece, not just as a character, but like you said, just her on screen presence just added that much more to what was going on and not having that absolutely affected it for me, for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, but here's the thing at, at the end of the day, this is the exact, like when you talk about a quote, like woke show, right? This isn't a mostly female cast. Um, it's pretty diverse as far as like nationalities, things like that. Um, yeah. you know, things as, as trivial skin color. Um, but at, at at the end of the day, it doesn't like throw that in your face, isn't? It's not like mm, we can do this because we're girls, right? Um, yeah, that and- that is not the case at all. They they do this because it's their calling, and they've trained these women their entire lives to be a part of the OCS and to protect, like you know, humanity and and be this sect of you know, um, warrior, you know, warrior nuns, like, you know, warrior yeah. women to, to do this. And, um, the judicious use of guns is, is welcome when, when you see this, because like, uh, like Crowder says, it's the great equalizer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, like when, when you have a 120 pound woman going up, against the, you know, six, five, 250 pound muscle, just all muscle. What's the one thing a 110 pound woman can bring to that to stop that guy? Yes. And she it's not, spit, it's spit it's, some lead down range. It's like that video you sent me of, um, the, 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 the jujitsu video with the, the girl, you know, just kind of having her way with that, that dude, you know, one dude didn't know jujitsu. She was, she's a, obviously a high level practitioner, but, Two, he also let himself get into those moves. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, martial martial arts are great. We love them. We're 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 both. You know, you're current, and I'm a former practitioner. Um, like in judo, if if you're you're fighting someone smaller than you, like leverage is great, but like you can still overpower that person, like. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like someone smaller than like someone smaller, shorter than me, like because I'm tall because you're tall, you know, definitely like my my length is a problem um, when it comes to defending against a takedown there. Right. But once I get on the ground, mm-hmm. they can't mm-hmm. keep me down because then my yeah. length, and, because and like, I know how to use it, you know, is an asset. Yeah. Well, uh, one of my favorites is like the hidden uh, uh, Gracie and. uh Hen or Gracie, they do you know the Gracie jujitsu mm-hmm. breakdowns of stuff, and, and he says, if every for every twenty pounds, that that's like adding another belt level. Yeah, jujitsu is not to equal the playing field, but what it does is it helps you be able to like not just jujitsu but martial arts. It's to help narrow that gap that is there between people that you know from a strength a an athletic and an experience and eight and again age standpoint mm-hmm. that if you didn't have this you would have no chance but having this it allows you to have some type of chance and also weapons 
like you said, the the guns, but also Beatrice had, I, I love her, like, you know, the telescopic, I was going to say it was a, a, a staff, but it had the, uh, it had the blade at the end of it, right, too. Right, her, uh, which, her axe. So that absolutely, and the other thing about this show that I like is that they're fallible. Yes. Like, these characters are fallible. They and again, all make a lot mistakes. of times you find, they the, all make mistakes. Yes. And one of the biggest issues I have with a lot of modern shows, particularly the ones with, fe- I think it seems like it's more f- when it's a female character, mm-hmm. but I think it, it's a problem overall is you have these characters that don't have issues and don't make mistakes. Right. That's actually one of, if you think about the MCU, that's yeah. one of the things they did well from the start. Mm-hmm. You think of some of the stuff Tony Stark did or um, Steve Rogers or Thor, some of the things they did. And it's like, well, Thor, he got kicked out of Asgard because right. he's an arrogant ass, for example. Yeah. These characters were fallible. To be relatable, it's not that, hey, this guy's a god. How can I relate to him? No. You can relate to the fact of what, you know, some of the mistakes they make or how they look at things and and how they can build themselves back up after screwing up royally. Right. That's the whole idea of relating to a character. And that, that's one of the things, why, I, like I said, the, my favorite thing about this is, are these characters because they're absolutely fallible. They make mistakes. They're, they feel human. Right. They feel human instead of like something that was written down on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. 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 100% agree. All right. What nitpicks did you have, if any? Well, I, I just had a couple with, again, now this wasn't from their, this, like the shot, the biggest issue was Shotgun Mary not being a part of the show. Yeah. And that's not from any fault of the writers. They wanted her there. She couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, so that's a nitpick in the sense of it, it it absolutely affected the show for me, but it's something they really couldn't control. Yeah. Some of the other things, they, some of the musical choices when some of the fight scenes seemed a little out of place. And I, there, there are instances where the fight scenes weren't, uh, looked too choreographed versus sure. being more natural, mm-hmm. instinctive choreographed versus, it, and then the the one thing we were talking about is I don't even remember his name, but uh, the um, the priest who got his eye shot out. Oh yeah, and that that's one of those things where you see you see this in movies too a lot, where somebody gets an injury and then you're like, okay, how does this person who is not supernatural or right. is not you know has some formula in their in the and again, it's not like he came out and did did this like right after he got shot, you know waited a few minutes and looked like he was, you know, he was fine, fine and dandy. He was like, oh, I got shot in the eye. Super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Right. Oh, he should definitely so, do I mean, a, uh, a pitch meeting about Warrior Nun. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I will listen to any of his pitch meetings, seriously. Yes, 100%. Um, yeah, it's, um, you know, that, that was a nitpick for me for sure. Uh, the fact that, like, the science lady who I'm, I'm not even gonna bother learning her name. Uh, the, she has this all important piece of uh, technology, the arc. And yet mm-hmm. it's just in a room that anyone can come into and unplug and take away. Yet yeah, she's behind like state of the art, you know, bulletproof glass pan, like, you know, panic room. Um, right. It was just, yeah, that 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 bothered me because it was like, oh, okay. Like, I get it. Like, it should have been more difficult for them to go in and do that, especially because they had to contend with Mother Superior, right? And then it took yeah. 
uh, Xander Priest, you know, just randomly shooting her. Like, this guy was hiding. Yes. He missed every shot he took up until that point where he, like, literally popped out from behind the wall. and was like, pow, pow. double tapped her. Oh, with one eye, by the way. Which, with again, you'd lose an eye that quickly. Yeah. Your death perception is going to be for shit because yep. you've never done that before. Yeah, like, where was your... Uh... Where where was where was your rifle that would have been easier to shoot than a handgun? Um, but yeah. you know what I mean. Um, so that you know the the love story between Beatrice and Ava was a little weird um, mm -hmm. because Ava flirted with like every guy she met for the last two years, um, right? And and I I think. I think them being platonic friends, one, two, in like because she's a nun. And I'm not saying nuns don't have desires or anything like that, but because she's a nun, like they, I, I felt like they shouldn't have have gone down that path necessarily. Um, and again, I'm not bashing and it; it's just what? a nitpick. Um, but like, and obviously they threw that thing out with um, with Beatrice, where you know when she was in the. Uh, in the they were on the run and and they were drinking and she was like oh hey what's up to the to the the black lady um that, yeah that ava pulled her away from so it's like yeah like dude she was trying to you know like talk talk to that woman um so like it wasn't like oh this is a it wasn't like the end of Korra where it's like oh yeah you guys just made this up from out of nowhere and now you're retconning things um it was you know fine but at the end of the day too it's like the inability for any show to have platonic relationships between the two sexes, yes. between the same sex, yes. it's over. Like, yes. stop. Like, it's not over because they keep doing it, but it's old. How about that? Yes. I, I 100, I was going to say that. I 100% agree. I, I was a little annoyed by that just because we had talked about this in season one mm -hmm. and Beatrice is her absolutely cr like almost militant, like, dedication to the church in the sense of not necessarily not just fighting evil but everything else mm -hmm. yes and like you said it's not the the fact that she had the, this desire or anything although i did like was it i don't know if it was mother superior who said or, or another one it was one of the characters mentioned to her that you know you know it's easy to fall in love with the warrior mm -hmm. nun because of you know the power and, yeah. and all the, and x y and z which i mean that that is that can be true, you know, not necessarily falling in love with the person, but the, what they represent right. uh, in their station. And mm -hmm. I, I think it would have just been a lot better off for them to have been had that more, you know, even if it was more than just platonic or friendly, more yeah. than friends, not romantic. Because, again, yeah. I, I'd say there's levels to things. There's that romantic level. There's that platonic mm -hmm. friendship level, deep friendship level. There's that family level, and then there's something else that you can that that encom that this could have encompassed. Like it, right. it's it, it. We don't have to describe what it is, but it's there, and we know it. But it doesn't have to get to that romantic standpoint. Right. And that's again, you're right. So so many properties do this, where it's like you all always have to have a romantic right instance in a show or a movie, and it's and I'm telling you, you don't. You don't, and and it's like that's we what, said. Remember it's when not I a talked... deal breaker, right? It, it's not. It doesn't. No, even, not at all. It, it doesn't not ruin anything about the show. It's just at no, the end of the no, day, it doesn't. 
it was it just it felt unnecessary well like i said one of the, one of my favorite movies out there is rrr like this in 2022 right. that's pro- that's in my top five movies yeah and one of the things i called it was a bromance movie when i told you i was like this this movie is absolutely a bromance movie these two <laughs> characters from history right. that really in in real life never met right but these guys you know they they get this friendship and it's like it is like deep and even though they find out they're on two sides of these different issues and and all this it's all about these two guys and their friendship yeah and i and and we don't get that enough right because it's always right. has to be the drama of you know you broke my heart or why were you talking to the, and again with warrior nun i know i'm getting off a little tangent mm-hmm. with this but it's okay to have those type of bromance or sisterhood yeah. relationship yeah i mean they they let a we need more sisterhood that, have traveling pants yes <laughs> <laughs> i think there are two of them but uh there were multiples for sure <laughs> but anyway you know what i mean um yeah. but yeah it's just uh, you know i i think uh I, I, you know, at the end of the day, those are, that, that's literally my nitpicks. Just those two things really. Yeah, it is. Um, it, Cause it didn't detract. Like and, you said. And like, um, like in the first season with the trans character where like, she was like, oh yeah, no honey, I'm not a girl. And it's like, oh yeah. Who gives a shit? Like you're cool as shit. You like helped her. Like, you know, you help this girl who, who essentially is a time traveler from the past, um, acclimate to modern society. Sweet. Good job. Mm-hmm. Like you're a cool character. Well, well like, again. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's like they didn't put it in our face. It just yep. and when when shows and te- when shows and movies do stuff like this, like Warrior Nun did, mm-hmm. I, I can't help but applaud them because that's how it should be. It yeah. shouldn't be writing these articles and and you know, talking you know, all this stuff. Just hey, let the people experience it. Yep. Let this person actually feel like a character that, that's in there because it's a character and not a checkbox. Yep. And that's what I think that's what Warrior Nun, the first two, these two seasons has excelled at with these, mm-hmm. when these other shows and other movies are trying to do the same thing, but come off as fake Correct. or pandering. Yep. And Warrior Nun never felt that way in any of this stuff. Yeah. No, you're right. Um cool all right well, we're way over so um yeah i like i suggest it, watching bob. warrior none damn it daryl yes i i like i no, highly I call, recommend it's the bob's fault yeah it's what yes. yeah it is the bob's 100%. fault um actually it, it's it's the simu leo's fault because if he couldn't keep his fucking mouth shut we wouldn't have to go about rants on him being a fucking moron um <laughs> <laughs> you're an idiot dude if you ever listen to this just take this to heart you're an idiot um god i hope someone finds this and shares this with him someday <laughs> dude my, you can find my phone number i'm easy to find you can call it we can have a chat about how dumb you are um anyway uh, <laughs> oh where was you're crazy what <laughs> Am I, I bet you're crazy. Am I? Am I? Yeah. yeah maybe. Um, <laughs> no, here's the thing. Um, this is a show worth subscribing to Netflix for a couple months for. hundred mm-hmm. yeah. percent. This is this is on level with uh, Cobra Kai for me as far as like worth the money 
to to support for a little bit and then stop supporting Netflix. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. <laughs> yeah, I, I this show is I really enjoyed the show. Uh, like again, I I re- I really 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 hope we get a, a third season and it's, it doesn't come out in twenty twenty five, but it actually comes out in, in next year in twenty twenty four. <laughs> yeah I, I would settle for that fine yeah, yeah 2024 just because i again i can't say enough about these characters and yes there are bumps in the road with this show but i thoroughly and i would always recommend this show to yeah. people like hey if you want you know a show about some cool characters you know cool mythology and lore some, some kick-ass fight scenes mm-hmm. warrior none it's one of them yeah 100 percent. watch it enjoy it love it um anyway uh yeah all right well that is uh that's the show thank you for listening we'll be back next week um watch wednesday i've only watched one episode but it was a lot of fun um yeah all right any last words uh, no, I I will actually check it out. I was wondering about that yeah. show. I wasn't sure if I was going to watch it or not, but I heard I got another text from that said it was really fun too. Yeah, so. sweet. All right, well we'll talk to y'all next week. Later. Oh yeah. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.